Hello, friends. Pull up your chair, grab your wine. You are listening to the Close Friends podcast. This is where we hit record on our IRL conversations as friends, surviving, thriving, and diving headfirst into life, trying to be successful, but also trying to have a good time. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Lucy. Hi. And a very, very special guest who we're really excited to introduce, Tova. Hello, hello. Tova is an author and a content creator, and she is absolutely marvelous. If you don't follow yes. her already on Instagram, you absolutely must. She's at Tova underscore Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Did I do that right? Yes, you did. Very good. That was right. <laughs> Smashed it. It's hard to check okay. before. We've, we've had some free caps over the thing. <laughs> standard story of my life anyway um lucy i'll let you uh, take our our um close friend of the week this week yes we have a really nice one so this one is from olivia and olivia says um she actually said hi knobs which i'm gonna personally claim you and sarah are knobs as well um (laughs) i've loved this podcast since the first episode and since then it's got better and better so much that over time they've really helped me think of new ways about myself and relationships and i actually broke up with my boyfriend two days ago wow um i really hope i'm close friend of the week because to be honest you guys are my close friends and i want to say thanks for having this podcast and owning this platform the way you do lots of love olivia i love this not only has she found new sort of elements to herself we also made a breakup with her boyfriend (laughs) oops we can claim that so thank you olivia I hope you're okay, Olivia, as well, when you're listening to this. I'm giving you a big hug because even though it was probably a really, really good decision, it's probably a really hard decision. So hugs and kisses all around. Today, we are going to theme our episode around confessions because Tova is launching a new book called You Did What? And um, it's well, actually, you know what? I'm going to let you tell us about it, Toba, Okay, because you're going to do a much better job of it than I am. So go for it. Um, yeah. So the book is called You Did What? And it's a collection of confessions and outrageous stories from around the world, uh, from everyday people. So basically, I reached out to my online con- community and asked them if they would send in their best secrets, confessions and stories. And they did. Um, and it's really a very interesting, um, this kind of like a real variety there because, uh, um, you know, we sort of selected a few topics, uh, parenting being one of them, uh, sex and relationships, of course, being a major part of the book, uh, but also um, bodily fluids, <laughs> which is the gross section of the book, um, because everybody has at least one story about shitting themselves uh, uh, <laughs> or wetting themselves yes. or, you know, baby puke related or whatever. Um and then, of course, another uh, one of my favorite uh, type of confessions in the book is revenge stories. Uh, so lots of people getting back at their uh, exes who cheated on them. And all I'm going to say is if you have cheated on someone, please do not leave your toothbrush, um, you know, <laughs> anywhere close to them because it's not going to be good. Um, so, yeah, so that book is coming out actually uh, now. Um, and I'm super excited about it because it it really was a collaboration with my community. Um, and I feel very uh, privileged, actually, that people, you know, 
had so much uh, trust, you know, gave me so much trust and were happy to be vulnerable and put themselves out there in the way that they did. And that was really the point of the book. Mm. So apart from it being funny and gross, <laughs> it was also to really encourage people to just come out with their truth and not be ashamed. Uh, because actually what I've discovered after reading so many confessions is that we do really hide the same things. And we do actually feel shame yeah. about very similar things. So nearly every confession that went into bo- into the book, I had received loads of other confessions mm-hmm. along the same type of lines. <laughs> uh, so it's representing an array of confessions, like from loads of people who have either done the same thing or mm-hmm. felt the same way. Uh, and hopefully it'll give people a laugh and comfort. I love that. Love that. I really want to know, because I think obviously anyone meeting you for the first time, Tova, is probably going to see a really confident, you know, um, just this, this amazing role model who really knows herself. At what point did you feel really comfortable sharing like your truth on Instagram? Because I think for a lot of people sharing these confessions and, you know, they share it through you and on their story and, you know, it's all anonymous, but for you, you're kind of, you're there on your profile and it's you sharing things that you've done. And how did you build that confidence to, I don't know, be able to disclose all that stuff to the internet? I actually, I mean, I could go in, uh, I could talk about this topic alone for five hours straight and probably would have still loads <laughs> to say about it. Uh, I'm, I'll try mm. to condense it and I'll say that my personal theory is that women are actually born with that confidence in us. It's always been there. Uh, it's just that I feel like, uh, society kind of, uh, it sucks the living life out of us and makes us these kind of, um, you know, packages of like, ing, you know, sort of like ing, all the con- confidence gets sucked out and you're just not sure of yourself and you you don't feel like you fit in and it links into body image and your career and talking about money and motherhood and I mean honestly so many aspects of women's lives and what happens is that when you reach I mean I think for you because you're so much younger than me it's actually really inspiring to see the stuff that you do because I was never not even close to where you're at now when I was your age so that's so inspiring and it's great to know that um, younger women are now copying on to it much, much sooner. But for me, the biggest change happened at 40. And I think that 40 is a very significant age for a lot of women, because if you're, especially if you have chosen the path of motherhood at the age of 40 ish is when your kids start being able to wipe their bums. And that really does free up a lot of time. So suddenly for the first time in so many years, you go, God, who am I? What's left? What am I doing? I'm not sure. And you start asking all these questions and you also, at that point, start really, you get a bit, you, you're a bit more free of those expectations of society. You know, you're not 20 anymore. Your tits don't need to be up here anymore. They, nobody expects them to be, uh, you know, they expect you to just disappear in the shadows, but that's a different story. So, um, you start, you suddenly go, Oh, I had a real fuck it moment, basically, at the age of 42, to be exact, where I suddenly realized, you know what? I'm tired. I'm just tired of pretending to be ex- X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to be me. Now, how it's been, how it's translated in media, non-feminist media, is women go crazy when they're middle-aged. You have a lot of hatred towards middle-aged women. The theory is they go crazy, but my theory is they're not crazy. 
I mean, we've either always been crazy or it's just that confidence that we were born with comes back at that stage in life. And because people can't handle it, they call us crazy. So to answer your question, I I don't think I did anything special. I just think I'm aging well, like a fine wine. And finally, (laughs) um, you know, finally just living up to the potential that I've obviously always had and we all have. And that was it. <laughs> you just, you stopped giving fucks. You just stopped giving yeah. fucks and you did it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Um, back to your point about us um, kind of in our age group being a bit more open and a bit more vulnerable on social media. It's because of people like you who are doing it, who are really paving the way. So, I mean, thank you for everything that you're doing. And it's really nice to hear that, that about us and what we're doing. So it's great let's just all keep doing what we're doing <laughs> love it it's amazing i i joined tiktok like uh most uh people i say i say during lockdown and uh it's obviously such a younger platform um and you know i'm not saying there's all everything there is good there's a lot of stuff that i don't like but i do come across sometimes uh you know uh, young people doing these kind of super feminist or empowering kind of messages and videos and i'm just so in awe you know i didn't have that language i didn't have that understanding even i didn't see through you know the the i did i didn't see those things when i was 20 i just didn't mm-hmm. uh so it's 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 yeah. amazing it's amazing yeah gen z are just amazing yeah. they like blow my mind every day just how how strong they are in their opinions and how well sort of how well read they are almost and how like they really see the world for what it is and i just i fucking love yeah. it so but i think that's why they love tiktok and i think that's why it's becoming way more popular than instagram because when i go on tiktok i feel seen like i don't know what that algorithm is doing it knows me better than i know myself i go on it and the, the niche humor <laughs> that gets served to me i'm like i'm the only person that would ever find this funny but there's so many <laughs> other people and the relatable content is kind of like you know the confessions and that like there are jokes that you're like oh my god i do that too oh my god i thought I was the only one i think like the um you know the, have you seen the main character trend over where it's like you think you're the main character and when you walk down the street you basically in your head think that everyone's watching you and it's like your own little film have you seen those no 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 you have to send me that no i haven't seen that sounds great i'm gonna send it to you okay i'm gonna send it to you but i was like i i i do this when i'm walking to tesco sometimes i just think about myself as like walking down the street and like you know you think people are looking at you we all do it and i was like i feel i just feel seen i love tiktok so much (laughs) it's also much easier to be vulnerable on tiktok because it's not just everybody that you know that's watching it's like random Mm. people which is Mm. just so much more fun the algorithm just makes it so much more fun because like i don't even know if people that follow me on tiktok actually know me in real life but like my instagram i know that the people who stalk me are the people who actually know me in real life so i have to it's much more difficult but i mean i'm over it now obviously we're all over it your video actually came out at one of your videos came up for me on my uh, For You page yesterday uh, for the first time on TikTok. So I followed you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Which one was it? I can't remember I now. It. Wait, no, it was. Um, oh, God. I can't remember. What was it? <laughs> I can't remember. But I, I watched it a couple of times. So you're welcome. 
Yay. I've been loving it because um, Tara, you, I, I saw yours this morning and it was the one that was like um, about not having children. It's that mama said yes. that it was okay trend. Yeah. yeah. I wondered yeah, if it was that, that was one. It. And I, I love that trend too because it's just like we're seeing all these amazing role models and I just, it, it's the most wholesome trend ever. For anyone that doesn't yeah. know it, it's basically this trend again. I feel like I'm the TikTok trend woman today. Um, but it's basically <laughs> this trend where um, you talk about something which maybe you felt a little bit self-conscious about, but then you basically say, well, these people you show pictures of people that helped you get there um and tara's yours was about being child free wasn't it yeah um and i found all of these child free celebrities and i was like i love yeah. it you go guys so we're gonna get on to our quick fire round where we basically ask each other a yes or no question and we have to answer with no explanation and then we're gonna dissect it all after okay so i'm gonna go first um and the reason I picked this question is because both of you on Instagram, you both do amazing Q&A boxes with your audiences. I want to know on Instagram stories, have you ever made up a fake response to one of your question boxes to make your story Q&A or confessions more interesting? Three, two, one. Yes. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay. Next question. So mine is if you were talking to a younger woman a younger girl who's maybe in her maybe mid or early 20s and she was saying I really want to do what you guys do um I'm so inspired by you um do you think I should go for it would you say yes or no three two one yes yeah 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my question is going to be so stupid, but it's the only thing that I can think of. So my question is this. Have you ever sat down in the shower? Three, <laughs> two, one. Yes. yes. I'm yes. not happy with that. <laughs> Mainly only to like cry, which is probably not the answer that you wanted. <laughs> but I'm like thinking of that scene in that James Bond where um, she sat on the floor like crying. Oh, I think it's in yes. Casino Royale. I've, li- I've done that a few times, but anyway. Also, <laughs> I don't have a bath, so I'm going to sit down sometimes, okay? Yeah. I'm dealing yeah. without a bath. Um, <laughs> Lucy, let's go through your question about the... I feel like I need to fess up to this one properly. The f- <laughs> First oh. of all... I used to do this only because like my engagement wasn't that great. So I was like boosting my own engagement by like literally answering my own questions, which I reckon probably everyone's done. Maybe It's really smart. I don't need to. It's really smart. And actually, I have to say, I love your questions. Like you're so good. And sometimes I really want to copy you. Like sometimes I'll see a question. I'm like, that is so great. And then I feel like I should just message you and say, hey, is it okay if I do the same poll on my uh, page? And I'll, I'll, I'll say that it was from you because you have the best polls. They're so interesting. And I, I really, I just, I'm obsessed. They're so good. good. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, you don't even have to ask, just do it. I mean, I'd love to see the responses that you'd get to the same ones. So like, absolutely go for it Lucy have you ever done that I have definitely done that in the past for sure like I remember when I first I think it was when I first started when I first started doing the guides I think maybe I used to like make up like questions that people had asked me about my first knobs guide and I'd be like hey guys (laughs) so 
someone's asked me how much the guide is and I'll be like, the guide is 35 pounds per thingy. So I have definitely done it before. Um, but I'm always so interested with things that are like stories or, um, you know, like your unpopular opinion on Tara. I find it so interesting because sometimes I'm like, that can't be real. Like someone can't have just <laughs> written that, but I guess they are. This is what I mean. It brings out those things. But the other thing is like some of that shit you cannot make up. Like yes. I was yeah. literally reading these unpopular opinions like, oh <laughs> my God. I also love that people are just happy to share this stuff now. I feel like this has really come in recent times where, and yeah. also the more vulnerable you are online, the more vulnerable yeah. people feel they can be, which is just really cool. Like I think that's my favorite mm-hmm. thing about the platform that I have is that people just, the people that follow me just do not give a shit anymore. And I just love it. Mm. It's great. That's amazing. No, it's actually really smart. I think that uh, the only thing I've done is I do feel like when you, obviously when it does help because when people see that other people are doing it, then they're happy to do it themselves. So I, I usually, like if I, if I've uploaded a video that's a bit problematic or even a branded video that let's face it, nobody wants to sort of like engage in those, even if it was really good, doesn't matter. Um, then I'll ask someone I know. I've done that with you, Tara. Hey, could you share this video? And then I'll quickly put it up on my story and say, thank you. And that does encourage other people to then do the same, you know? So I definitely do stuff like that. But we have to, don't you? Like, because we have absolutely no control over an algorithm. So it's, these are the little things that you can do, you know? I don't, I feel like it's completely fair to do those things. I think also to that point, um, and I remember the first time that you did that with me and I was really inspired by it because I always feel like I'm, I'm really worried to ask people for help. And I don't know whether that's just like a girl thing or like a social media thing, but we need, I mean, you know, because obviously then I'm like, of course I will share your video. Of course I will help you. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it was just a nice thing to, because I'm always like, oh, you know, I don't know whether people will do this. I don't know whether it's just a bit weird or whatever. And now I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to reach out to people. And it's really, it's, it's been really, that's been really nice. So thank you. Yeah, no, I, 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 I strongly believe in uh, asking for things because I think it's another, it's another aspect of that confidence. It's the confidence to think what I'm doing is worth people sharing. It's good enough to, for people to watch. I've actually put a lot of work into this and I want it to reach a lot of people. Uh, and also, you know, I don't think that as women, we're brought up so much to know how to cope with, uh, with no and how to cope with failure because we're not really brought up to actually try very hard. So, you know, it's very, it's very cuddly and cottonly and, and you see that, you see that with how people, with how we raise our children, you know, like I, I can give you examples, but it doesn't matter. So my point is, I always, in my mind, I'm thinking, what's the worst that could happen is that somebody says no. Um, mm. So they said no, you know, I had the no already. So the, you know, best case scenario, they say yes. And that's amazing. Um And I don't know if you know this, when I started my Facebook page was originally about five years ago, I was sending my videos to everyone, Tara. Like there was not one page on Facebook that I did not bombard on a weekly basis. Hi, here's my new video. Hi, can you share my new video? And some people loved me for that. And some people hated me for that. And I was okay with that because you know what? There's enough people out there. (laughs) You don't need everybody to like you, you know? I love that. I think it goes the same for anyone who, even like when you have your own business and you have a product, 
there's still this thing where I feel like women feel embarrassed to market their own products. They feel like they can't be too salesy. And it's kind of the same with like brand deals as well. You always feel like, oh, I can't be seen to be showing off because that looks like I'm, I'm, you know, boasting about my thing or being too salesy or too pushy. And these are all labels that we've been given over time. Um, and it means that we're actually stopping ourselves from earning more income and we're stopping ourselves mm-hmm. from being more successful because we're too afraid to ask for things. Um, and you're right. Yeah. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to say no. Okay. You can deal with yeah. that. It's someone setting a boundary and you can respect that and move on. So I, I love yeah. all of this. I love this. Yeah, me too. It's a self-worth thing as well for us, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, oh, am, am I worthy of, of this amount of attention? You know, is, is whatever I'm doing worthy of this, this praise from people? And it's quite hard to get over that barrier. But I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that we feel like that really. And I think more people can be inspired to just go for it and, the better really hey and even when you think about money by the way women a lot of women i know and i come from a background uh that's like more corporate because i was an attorney in israel so i um, i come from a completely different background and you know and and i can tell you that women a lot of women i know really struggle to talk about money because money again uh, traditionally historically is not something that women uh, had their hands over, like women didn't have control over money. It's only like in recent, you know, decades, centuries that that's kind of changed. So still, I think it's part of our psyche to sort of feel a bit uncomfortable, dirty, you know, like not appropriate, inappropriate. It's not appropriate for a woman to talk about money. Um, and uh, yeah, we got to forget all of that because it's bullshit. <laughs> Just talk 100%. about money. Um, and it holds so- us back. It does. So I'm very upfront, uh, in that manner. Uh, and, um, I, I, I'm, I'm actually thinking of doing a course because people have asked me, can you, can you help me? Like, can you do a course about like women in business or maybe how to talk about money? And the first tip and the one main thing that I say to people is stop asking questions. Don't ask a question and don't say, I'm sorry. The moment in a negotiation that you're sorry or you're asking a question, you've opened the door for people to then now negotiate you down. You set your boundary. Don't wait for them to set their boundary. Your boundary boundary is the one that is is going to set like the you know the raft um and it's it's just changing the mindset and a little exercise that people can do is to just give their self, self themselves an alter ego and your alter ego could be a white man <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah then- <laughs> 100% yeah i literally do that all the time and i think like what would i do if i was a white man and exactly. like you know i used to feel a bit silly doing it and now i'm like you know what fuck it like this is how I get to where I want to be and Mm. I mean also like like you said before the worst people can say is no right so if you're prepared for a no yeah you you might as well just go for it because if you don't you'll just regret the fact that you haven't gone for it um, Mm. sure you know versus the no right Mm. I think language the language you use is so important like you say and one thing that I've started doing recently is saying I'm going to be doing this would you like to work with me on it? So I've already stated not, oh, we should do this together or I'm thinking about launching this business or this product. I'm saying, I'm actually going to be doing this at yeah. this day on this year. Would you like to contribute in this way with me? 
Um, and I find that really gives you the power holding the conversation because, you know, when you are a woman in business, a lot of the time, unfortunately, you will be working with a lot of men who don't pay you the respect that you need. So it's more important than ever to learn that language. Um, and I think, Tari, I remember even like back in the day when I started getting brand deals, I remember asking you, I remember like DMing you and being like, Tara, how much should I charge for an Instagram post? And you were like, just fucking go in high because what's the worst they're going to say? No, haggle it back down. So I've always adopted that mentality. And yeah, it's really sort of, it's so important. I think women, especially with like influencer culture too, when you are working with brands, a lot of people aren't managed. So you really have to learn those negotiation skills yourself. And we're just not encouraged as women to do that. So I think doing that business course, I think that would absolutely smash it. So you have to come back on the pod when you've started that new business. <laughs> yeah. Give us all tips. So Tara, what was your question? You you asked about... It's, it's kind of, it's not a yes or no question because I'm obviously, obviously you guys both said yes, right? But I wanted to go into like the positives and negatives of being in the space that we're all in, basically. And like, obviously I would, I would pretty much say absolutely go for it to anybody that wanted to do what I was doing. But I think a lot of what we do is quite glamorized and it's not all that it's made out to be sometimes. And I just wanted to go into that basically. So yeah, I agree. Like my, my life is so not glamorous. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the piles of laundry behind me. There's <laughs> nothing glamorous about my life. <laughs> Your life looks more glamorous. Like your recent holiday just made me so jealous. I had holiday envy. And cocktail envy. <laughs> I do like a cocktail. But it's all that. I mean, that's that's what social media is, right? And I feel like we need the constant reminder of like social media is not, even even though I feel like we're so much better now at trying to be as real as possible, but it's still not real life, right? Yeah. And especially now, like realness and authenticity can be, is essentially like another way of like branding yourself sometimes. Yeah. So it's really hard to like tie that line between being real and being yourself, but also being real sometimes is just like being offline because you've had a fucking shit day and you don't want to talk to people on the internet. So you're like, I'm gone. And that's you, that's you being authentic, even though no one else can see that. So I, yeah, I definitely think it's a tricky line to, to carry. The reason I say yes, though, is like, I don't know how I feel about kids growing up these days, young women wanting to be influencers because not, it's not that, I would ever look at, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. That's so cringe. That's so silly. Why would someone want to do that? I think it's more in the sense of if you're going to be an influencer, I think you have to have a message and that's where it starts. So I would always encourage young girls to pursue a career like this online if they had something that they really wanted to share with the world. That could be designer handbags. I actually don't care. It could be, um, it could be anything as long as you actually had a passion about it and you felt really excited to share it because just wanting to be live this Instagram lifestyle it's all fake like the people that you follow that seem the happiest who are always jetting around to different countries and you know drinking all day doesn't seem to be like they're doing any work they genuinely are probably some of the most miserable people so you have to always have that lens when you are looking um at people online but yeah I mean I'd still if you want to do it, do it. I don't know. I uh, personally, I mean, I, I guess I didn't, I, 
I, I don't I don't see what I do as influencer and I, I don't think what you do either is in is influencer in that kind of traditional sense. And if somebody asked me if they should become an influencer, I don't know what I would answer because I don't really know what that means because I that's not what I feel like I do. I feel like I fell into um, you know, a social media kind of presence uh, strictly out of, uh, you know, my own desire to perform because I, I, I mm. at some point wanted to be an actress <laughs> um, and that didn't happen. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sh- fill myself and I, I'll, I'll just, I'll have an, a creative outlet. And I never intended, not in a million years for it to, 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 to lead to what it has. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it, but I hate the documenting my life on stories, which is why I don't do it. Like, it's not something that I'm into at all. Um, you know, most of my life goes on completely private. People don't see the private moments that I have with my family, really. And I'm upfront about that because that's not, I don't, I don't want to even encourage anyone to sit on their phone for that long every single day because I don't think it's good for anyone. And and I include myself in that. I find myself sometimes scrolling mindlessly through people's stories, literally not even realizing that three hours have passed um, because it's all designed to keep us there. I don't want to contribute in, to that at all. Um, so I, I really do try as much as I can, even in stories, to be um, – to have a, a reason why I'm doing them. So whether it's try to create actual content and stories or whether it's because I'm trying to promote a, uh, a message, which is usually a feminist mm-hmm. message or pro-women or something along those lines. So I feel like, okay. Uh, or if I'm trying to promote my book or my show or myself, uh, because this is how I make my living. Uh, so yeah. Um, w- would I tell people go be an influencer? I don't know. But if you have a passion for creating, if you have a passion for, like you said, uh, some sort of um, agenda or some sort of uh, goal, um, how do you say, like a, a cause that you believe in mm-hmm. and you think if I have a big following, I can help this cause, then great. It's a great tool. Like social mm. media is a great tool for that. Mm, I, I love, love that. that. I, look at, I look at social media and the platform that I've created as like my way of giving back even though it's like a small thing like and I know that makes me sound like oh you know <laughs> like and that's not what I mean but I'm just ho- I just hope that I do help people in the stuff that I put out and that yeah. like I just love that and I feel like that's that's the sort of mission you know you can't just be there like oh, you know I just want to make a shitload of money out of just you know I don't know <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think you do. And I think actually that sometimes uh, by, uh, I also uh, think that a lot of the times the, when you see other people's, when you see people who live slightly outside of the box, right? Uh, and you see their lives, that by itself is inspiring. And I think you definitely, Tara, have that like for sure. Because I think, um, you know, we met uh, through pole dancing, obviously. I am, you know, you're not as good as me, obviously, but, um, you know, there's still time. <laughs> I try. Uh, No, you're incredible. And I am so bad. But anyway, my point is that, um, you know, if we go into stigma and stereotypes, there's so many negative beliefs and thoughts about pole dancing, maybe now not so much, but there is traditionally. And then here you come and just shatter all of those stupid stereotypes just by living your life and having that on social media is actually does have a lot of value in it. Um, and this is also why the, the reason sometimes I, you know, we make content of Mike just doing the laundry because he does do the laundry, you know, and it's so 
boring and mundane and sad that that has to be somehow documented on social media. But I feel there is value in that, which is why I will share it. <laughs> I love that. 100%. People yeah. need to see that still. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Even now in 20, bloody 21. Um, I feel like even the, um, with your pole dancing tour, I remember for ages that was something that you didn't want to share or didn't want to talk about the wow. fact that you as a feminist woman didn't want to you wow. were quite you talked about how you're quite resistant to the heels pole dancing like heels classes because I guess people would judge you and you felt like that was kind of polarizing to you as a feminist um and even kind of watching you just be like you know what fuck it I'm gonna be both I can be two things at the same time because that is feminism that is so inspiring and that's almost I mean there are so many women that feel that way I remember I even fucking bought the shoes I've done about seven pole dancing classes I just wanted the shoes and like you know a few years ago I'd be like oh my god why would I get like those massive heels like you can't walk in them surely you're gonna break your ankle blah, blah, blah. but I just like put them on sometimes I'm not gonna lie it makes you feel sexy it makes you feel good and I don't care if that's a stereotype I don't care if that makes me appear a certain way because I'm living my truth I'm doing what I want to do and yeah. I guess that's a confession in itself that you're like you share those things and everyone else ends up being like you know what me too I feel the same and that's the important influences that we need like you said Tova we need to see people doing stuff that is slightly taboo we need to see it on social media um 100 yeah and w- as women we're so used to being put into boxes you can be this yes. or that you can be the feminist or you can be the pole dancer you can be the businesswoman or you can be the mum. you can you know there's we can't or we're told that we can't just be everything that we want to be at once and it's bullshit it's mm. absolute bullshit mm-hmm. and people will get over it eventually like they will just get used to you living your truth and I guess you do lose people along the way who aren't ready to cope with it but like yeah fuck them yeah. I talk <laughs> about that uh, a lot in my first book uh, fucked at 40 about how just by changing one word in that sentence you you just allow yourself everything uh, so that word or could just be replaced with and and that's mm-hmm. it <laughs> I love that. literally just the one word you know i am a businesswoman and a pole dancer and you know whatever mm-hmm. comedian and a mom yeah. and uh you know whatever everything you can be everything i love that i love that, I love that. let's go to sitting down in the shower <laughs> oh yes Yes. Okay. Please reveal. Please. Yeah. Please um, explain the importance of this if there is an importance of this. Well, not really, but it's just something I enjoy doing. I don't need to cry, by the way. I just feel like, why stand up if I can sit down? Uh, And my husband thinks that this is really strange, uh, but I'm discovering more and more that no, it's not strange. There are a lot of people who sit in the shower. So I was really happy to hear that you too. Yeah. There's a whole community of you guys forums of like people sitting down in the shower i love it exactly i'm gonna level this question up right do we pee in the shower as well yes absolutely oh sorry no (laughs) (laughs) i i just can't and do you know why Why? really firstly i was traumatized this is like a few years ago i was traumatized (laughs) um because i went over to this guy's house and like sometimes i would do it all right i i definitely have done it in the past but i haven't done it for ages now because I went into his shower. There was literal pee remnants on the floor. And I stepped in his pee, his own pee. And I was like, this is actually not okay. I don't think this should be happening in the shower. Um, so now I, yeah, that's not something I do. But wow, yeah, I understand the ease, wow. the comfortability. It kind of flows down. I get it. But for me, I, yeah, 
stepping in um, Harry Potter's pee was just not the one. That's <laughs> gross. That's <laughs> gross. I feel like oh, I quite like it. I think it's liberating. Although I do like, you know, make sure there's none left anywhere. <laughs> so gross. I totally pee in the shower. I've never even thought of it as like an issue, honestly. And then I told my husband again, and he was so mortified. And I was like, no way. <laughs> Do you not be in the shower? And he was like, you're disgusting. We share a shower. And I was like, I'm just, yeah. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think that like maybe, I don't know if you're a man, maybe it's like weirder because they always pee standing up. So maybe for women, it feels like more of a novelty to be able to just let it flow. But don't oh, forget no. that I sit in the shower, Lucy. So. Also true. <laughs> See? I can't. I actually oh God. I can't do the pee in the shower. Pee in the sea. Peeing in the sea still feels yes. wrong, but I will do that. Really? I will pee in the sea, obviously, yeah. Takes me a moment. What I love, though, is when you're on the beach, you can always see that, like, token person just, sort of, like, sitting in the shore. Just, like, be on the shore, yeah. just hovering for a couple of yeah. minutes and come back out. I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. averse yeah. doing that. I, I also want to confess here and say that, uh, you know, uh, there's the whole, like, pee in the pool, right? So pee in the pool is a big no-no. But <laughs> when you have children, that kind of changes. So, you know, this last holiday we were away and my kids my kids are so sweet because they won't pee in a pool and I'm like thinking we grew up in the 70s and 80s like we peed in pools all the time and then I just ended up saying to my daughter why don't you go to the children's pool and just pee in the pool because I couldn't be asked to take her to the toilet and she was like mommy that's awful and I was like everybody does it just go and pee in the kids pool like a normal child you know <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's like resurfaced an old memory. Like I remember in school that our like school teacher who taught swimming, he would tell us that like if anyone peed in the pool, that it would turn like fluorescent blue. That was a lie. Like that was a mm -hmm. lie. Like I discovered that through TikTok the other day. That was a lie. Like genuinely <laughs> thought that was a real thing. So mm. yeah, so traumatized. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Also, like, adults lying to you when you're a kid really sticks with you, I think, even though it's, you know, it's a white lie and it's whatever, like, who cares? But I feel like I also, I also, when I realized that, I felt really, like, I felt betrayed. And I can't, like, explain why exactly, but I was like, fuck you for lying to me. You know, you could have just asked me not to and it would have been fine. Like, my mum told me once that if I'd watched too much TV, this is the standard one, that my eyes would go square. And I believed her. And I was like, yeah. mum, why did you lie to me? Like, <laughs> I feel like that was a, you know, just a standard parenting tool back, you know, <laughs> back in the day. It was like standard, although I, I feel like it's very effective. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not necessarily against it. And the book, by the way, has a lot of parenting confessions that I, I would say that 80% of them involve adults lying to children. So <laughs> I love that. yeah, tell us more about the book. We want to hear more about yeah, the book. So I don't know if you know this, but I used to do um, pajama party and confessions on Facebook. Facebook for years. I sort of uh, have stopped doing them for now just because everything that's going on is a bit crazy. But I used to do them every Friday night, uh, whereby I would just sit in my bed and get really drunk and read out confessions that people sent in. Um, and uh, it was kind of like through that that I realized how liberating people felt about just getting their secrets out there. And we had a rule, uh, which was no judgment. So no matter what people confessed, there'd be no, oh my God, that's awful. You know, and there was always was one person saying that, but then people just ignored it and it just, you know, it blew over. Um, so m the point was to say, it's okay, you're doing great. Like, oh my God, I've done that. That's so funny, you know, and, and, 
I really did give people a great kind of sense of relief. And then when I did my tour last year, I took that concept on tour with me. And in the second half of my show, uh, I would read out confessions that the audience had sent in. And then every, every show, there was a winner that was in the live audience. And, uh, they, I always said, like, you don't have to own up to it. Like, you can just come to me after the show and I'll give you your prize because there were prizes. But honestly, every single show, people just stood up and owned whatever it was. And they got like this, you know, a standing ovation and people were like going crazy. And it was just a lot of fun. And then when the tour finished and I just thought, you know what? I got to put this in a book. Like this has to become a book. Um, people need, and, and, and the, my community is really global. Like I have following, follow in so many different countries. So I knew, I knew that I'd get confessions from loads of different countries. And I felt like that was really important. Uh, most of the confessions are from women. Um, uh, but a lot of them are about men. So. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but the most of them are from women. And I, I would say that uh, majority are funny, very funny, but there's also some heartfelt ones. A lot of, um, you know, kind of sad and actually quite dark confessions. Uh, mm -hmm. but I felt like it was important to put those in there as well mm -hmm. because, um, you know, not everything is funny and, you know, that needs to be recognized as well. Those kind of difficult, uh, um, places in life. Uh, uh, and that's it. And I'm so excited for people to read it. I really hope it um, it achieves what the point of it was. <laughs> Love that. That's amazing. Sounds yeah. great. Love I think, it. It, like you say, I think it is, I totally agree that it's important as much as, you know, it's comedy, it's funny, it's lighthearted. I think the ones which maybe are more serious, they're also ones that are going to really benefit people. So they don't feel as alone in their problems. So um, I love that. And where can everyone get a copy? Uh, so it's called You Did What? And uh, you can, it's basically available already worldwide uh, on Amazon. Uh, also, WH Smith uh, here in the UK are still holding some cop uh, signed copies. Uh, and uh, and all the links are on my website, tovali.com. Awesome. Love it. Should we do one confession each before we wrap? Just to leave everyone yeah. with like a, a nice big gasp. Wait, you mean that me telling my kids to pee in the pool was not enough? <laughs> I mean, I just, no. I feel like I can't no, that didn't that. count. That, that, that didn't count. I, I wrote one down actually at the start of the episode that I plan on peppering in. But like, I don't know if it's really lame or not, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway. I'm sorry if it's lame. But like, I was thinking about a really horrific moment from when I was I think I must have been like I don't know 17 um and I was doing work experience in a PR company I hated it I was so nervous I didn't speak to anyone I was constantly on edge and one day this guy was like can you make a round of tea and coffees for everyone so I was like cool and I was like this is so stressful I'm gonna have to ask everyone what they want take their mugs remember everyone's mugs make the tea bring it back out to them etc so anyway, started making these teas um, and um, I ran out. So I, I was taking ages as well and I was like really conscious of it. Um, so I boiled the kettle. I ran out of hot water. Um, I, did, I was missing one cup and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just not going to make myself a tea. I've had my own mug on there. I'm not going to make myself a tea. I'll do everyone else's and I'll just fill mine with water. So what I did was with my cup, I <laughs> ran the hot tap. And I just like poured, poured, put a tea bag in there, a bit of milk and just like ran the, the kitchen tap and just put it in there to make it look like I'd made myself a tea. I was so self-conscious. Anyway, I came out, gave everyone else, gave everyone their drinks. 
this like total bitch in the office. She was fucking awful. I gave her her mug and she was like, oh, sorry, that's my mug. And she pointed at the one which I'd filled with tap water, not boiling kettle water. She took it, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I can't tell her that I put normal water. It's going to be like, why the hell would she have done that? So I just let her take it, right? I was like, there's nothing I can do. Went back and sat at my desk and I could just see her like in the corner of my like, take a sip of it. And she just stood up and just walked <laughs> to the kitchen and threw it down the drain. And I was like, oh my God. But like in my mind at the time, there was that was the most logical thing to do. The most logical thing to do was fill up one with fake water. So everyone thought I'd made myself one. And I ended up giving this woman just like tap water tea. Um, and that was stuck. I think about it often. Like I actually think about it loads. Cause it was so mortifying at the time. Um, but yeah, stressful, stressful. That's so funny. I hope she's okay. I love that. <laughs> she probably thinks you did it on purpose, right? Yeah. She thinks that you did it on purpose because yeah. she was a bitch. Like yeah, that I'm 100%. glad I did that actually. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck her. Um, your corporate life one has just made me think of something. So I had one corporate job in the city for two months. It was an internship that I hated with such a passion. But I basically managed to accidentally start a rumor that one of the biz dev guys who'd been there for like 10 years was gay. And I don't even know how it happened. But then the entire office started talking about it. I don't know what I don't, honestly, I don't know how it even started, but I remember just being absolutely mortified and like, I didn't know what to do because I'd only been there like a few weeks. And then I said something in passing to someone once and then the entire office started talking about it. And I was like, fuck, this is my fault. I'm going to get fired. What have I done? I'm like, this poor guy. Anyway, it was fine in the end because nobody knew it was me, but I mean, it just was <laughs> chaos. You just got yeah. the guys hitting on him, just like, hey. <laughs> My confession is that I have pretended to be pregnant on the tube oh, to get a seat. That's the juicy one. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked. How did you do that? And the reason, by the way, that it even came to me was because someone once gave me a seat because they thought I was oh, pregnant when I wasn't God. pregnant. And I was really upset and offended. And then I thought, actually, I could use this to my benefit. And then, What do you do? Are you just yeah. sort of like, oh... I stick my stomach out. I don't really have to make much of an effort. And then people, and, and, and you, you need to touch it maybe and give someone the evil eye and, you know. Um, but I, by the way, I did say this. I did confess this, um, I think somewhere at some point on social media. And then a lot of women said, and they were right. Oh God, I've been on the tube at nine months and nobody gave me a seat, which is really not okay. That's so I just bad. want to apologize to any actual pregnant women if I accidentally took their seat. I mean, I'd never yeah. do that. I just want to put it out there. They're gonna come for you. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a good vlog. Well, let's wrap there, team. Thank you so, so much for that. That was absolutely marvelous. Um, if you would like to follow us all on Instagram, if you don't already, it is at Tova underscore Lee, at Lucy Mountain, at Sarah B. That's not dot London anymore, which I know she's not here. She, the time difference is a bit too much for her in the old San Francisco, but she will be back. Um, and at Move with Tara. Thank you so much, Tova. We loved that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.